0: You are listening to KTCU 88.7 FM, Fort Worth.
1: Welcome to Riff Ram Review, your TCU sports talk home right here on 88.7 KTCU. Here are your hosts, Seth Dowdle, Ian Napetian, and Zion Trammel. Welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. My name's Ian Napitian, and tonight I'm joined alongside Zion Trammell and Seth Dowdle as we have a wonderful episode in store for you all. We've got a lot to talk about, starting with some TCU baseball. Then we'll get into some TCU men's basketball, some NBA all-star festivities that were going on this weekend and then also rounding it out with some TCU women's basketball and some NHL talk for 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 the first time and gosh, you know, super long, but uh, starting out with you guys, how's your guys week so far?
0: I'm doing well. The weather is beautiful today. It was so cold this past weekend. Truly just the the wonders and mysteries of Texas weather that I'm still not fully used to <laughs> yet, but I'm uh, doing well and um, I'm really really excited for this episode.
2: I'm utterly exhausted.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Tell our audience. Yeah. Why are you Why are you exhausted, Seth?
2: Well, I took a jaunt up to Fayetteville, Arkansas this weekend uh, to you know do some hanging out with the good old fiance, Uh, and that was fun. That was a good time. We went to the Arkansas baseball game, doing some regional scoutings of sorts, uh, just just to to see what's going on in the top five of college baseball world. I'll tell you all right now, they're good. So, uh, uh, but drove back. This afternoon, and I arrived here in the studio promptly about fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> so, uh, I encountered many obstacles along the way, uh, including traffic in DFW, which is a constant. And uh, yeah. let me just tell you, one twenty-one and eight twenty, they're still it's still bad. Yeah. Zion knows that all too well. That's his John mm. down here to good old TCU every single day as well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I'm tired, and if i had not talking. Uh, I might be asleep over here. Who knows? But <laughs> guess what? The mics will be on yep. uh, for everyone that is important. Exactly. Sounds good. Well, Seth, thank you for joining us tonight. Appreciate you coming back. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, it's not like I, I you know, have obligations or anything like that. Exactly. I have to be here.
0: I, I, I thought you were. I saw you when you first walked in. I'm like, okay, yep, he's pretty tired. Yeah, um, but
2: I will say this though. I will say this. Despite you know all of my, you know, all the stuff I had to do this weekend. I did catch sports. I did watch sports because that's what we have to do here. Yep. I watched, especially baseball. I was very excited that it was back.
1: Yeah, no, baseball's back. Baseball's back in Fort Worth. Um, TCU still ranked number five in the uh, AP Top 25 rankings. Um, And after what was. Just an absolutely fantastic weekend. Bunch of ups and downs, obviously, as you guys know. Um, we'll get into some of that briefly, but just kind of recapping this weekend. TCU played Florida Gulf Coast. They hosted the Eagles here at Lupton Stadium for the first time this season to open up 2024. Friday night was one heck of a game with TCU making a comeback. They were down 9-3 to at one point in the game and came back to win 10-9 to thanks to a walk-off strikeout. From Jack Arthur after an er- uh, after throwing error to first base that saw uh, Peyton and Ye score, and then on Saturday it was a bit of the same. TCU down ten to three at one point in the game, and then they came back thirteen to ten. Our guy Peyton Tolly with a massive uh, three-run home run in that bottom of the eighth inning um, that gave TCU the lead, and then obviously Luke Boyer's got an RBI single to just add on to the tally, and then. Sunday's game was a little more straightforward for TCU. Still gave up some runs, but man, that offense was just as powerful as the two days prior. Zion, I guess just starting with you, what are your first kind of thoughts, feelings about TCU baseball being back, but also just from this series and, and, and sweeping the Eagles?
0: Yeah, it was great to see them back in action and really get to see what this top five team looks like on the field. I obviously severely underestimated Florida Gulf Coast, didn't know much about them, Learned over the weekend that they were one of the top offenses in baseball last season, so a lot of credit to them. Their offense showed up. They're pitching well in the middle innings and towards the end kind of uh, fumbled there, but really just speaks to the resiliency of this TCU team. The ability to come back in back-to-back games like that, especially down six, seven runs, that that takes a lot uh, to get back into that game. Really impressed with the offense so far. Uh, pitching and defense could could use a, little, a few tweaks, but you know to get a sweep to start the season is always really good
2: if they're going to be playing like that all year long uh i hope you have your nitroglycerin pills at the uh <laughs> at, at the ready to dispose of uh yeah that was uh it was a heck of a heck of a weekend uh, i was really you know the offense obviously is the, is the one thing that you can you know say that was really good this weekend because uh, it was and they were really resilient as you all have said uh peyton Shotney, hey Heck of, a, heck of a job, dude. Just clap it up for him. Let's yep. You know what? Let's, let's clap it up. Let's clap it up. Clap it up for Peyton Chaunier. Two homers in game two. Uh, and, I mean, that's all you really can ask for is out of a leadoff guy. He continued to get on. Uh, and I was just really impressed by him because I honestly didn't exactly know what we were going to see uh, out of him early, but we saw the speed that we were promised, and we, we saw that athleticism that we were also promised. And that's what you get when you get a guy from a team that won a national championship Two years ago.
1: Yeah, no, Peyton Chantier is just kind of burst onto the scene here in Fort Worth, obviously playing second base for the Horned Frogs right now. Um, he's done really well in leadoff, just like you said, Seth. I think he provides that that spark at the top of the order. Um, and so far this season he's three for three with on, on stolen base attempts. So um, definitely looking forward to seeing what he can continue to produce this season um as as we go forward. But Kind of sticking with some of the new guys that came to TCU, um, and, and I guess I'll start with transfers, um, to, just just to start. Peyton Toley. obviously, we've talked about him a lot. We had him on our show, but he was the Friday night starter um, against the Eagles this dur- during this series. He had a bit of a rough go um, on the mound. He went three innings, gave up three hits and four runs. He had one walk, but he did strike out seven batters, and he struck out the first five batters mm-hmm. all on swinging strikes, so... Um, phenomenal stuff pitching wise hitting it took him a little bit of time to get going but um really glad to see him doing well and making an immediate impact um in this lineup what did you guys kind of like from him and maybe some other some some other transfers and 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 young guys
0: yeah totally he's got that overpowering stuff on the mound seven strikeouts and three innings is uh pretty good stuff there from him but i think he'll get settled in you know maybe some first day nerves potentially who knows but um yeah, and, and obviously at the plate that'll you know that'll take some time, but you saw the stuff, you saw that go ahead home run in game two, uh, just a really really cool welcome to Fort Worth kind of moment, make your presence known, uh, super excited about that, and yeah, I mean I, I was really impressed with Shanye, loved the energy he brought, um, you know we kind of saw that a little bit with Trey Richardson last year at second base, now that we're seeing that with Shanye, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, I will say. With Zach Morris, the other transfer from Arkansas, I believe, yep. he kind of struggled with his command a little bit. I think the stuff is there. he's He's got what it takes, but, yeah, he, he lost control a little bit. Um, I, I think his release point was a little bit off, had a few walks. So I think if he can kind of smoothen things out there on the pitching, on the mechanics side of things, he, he can be fine for us.
2: Uh, can, I, can I talk about some uh, fishy freshmen, yeah. Those, the, that's I want to talk about Chase Brunson specifically because yes. that's the guy that impressed the most. Uh, he won Big 12 newcomer of the week, I believe. Yep. Uh, so you know what? Claps, claps it up, claps it up, claps it up, Chase. There you go. Uh, I mean, he was the expected starter at in center field. I think for all of us here, and when, when we talked to Peyton uh, last Monday, we were uh, we were told that that was correct, yep. uh, which was nice to hear, essentially from the horse's mouth. But man, did he exceed expectations uh, right off the bat, and if he's going to be like that all year, then center field is just, it's it's locked down and we're we're in good shape, and hopefully that continues. Obviously there's going to be uh, some adjustment both from opponents, and then he's going to have to counter adjust. That's how this usually goes, especially for uh, someone where uh, teams don't really know a lot about him, Uh, and we'll see if he can adjust to that, and if he can, he's going to be a really, really good player for TCU going forward, I think.
1: Yeah, no, Chase Brunson, he's Got all the makings of a star for TCU. I think it's similar cause his his I don't want to say trajectory, but I think maybe journey at least at at least at the start here as a horn frog. It's very similar to Elijah Nunez. Elijah Nunez was a big prospect coming out of this area, coming out of the Arlington area more specifically. And when he came to TCU, he became the starting center fielder, and obviously held that position for the following three years before getting drafted this last um, year after after making the trip to Omaha. And I'm I'm kind of hoping maybe for Chase Brunson, this is the sim- this is a very similar track. I mean, he's someone that in fall ball we weren't really sure who was going to start out in center field. It was a big question mark coming into the season, but then the, in the weeks leading up to it, it, slowly became just a little more clear that. These this this team and Kirk Sarlos and the rest of the coaching staff is very, very high on Chase Brunson and he couldn't have had a better start to the weekend. Or, or sorry, had he, he couldn't have had, he could not have had a better start to his TCU career after what was an awesome weekend. He had two home runs and four RBIs. Um he had two doubles. Um this I mean so far this season he's six for ten. Um I mean he he's just he's making all kinds of noise at the plate. He's tracking down fly balls um, in center field he's quick out in center field it looks like he can he can read balls off the bat real easily um, so I mean I'm, I'm I'm really impressed by what Chase Brunson has done in just three games as a Horn Frog and I'm really excited to kind of see where he takes that um, but yeah no I mean Chase Brunson's looked really really good
0: yeah no strikeouts for him either this weekend that's kind of what I wanted to touch on a little bit this team uh, six strikeouts in game one four just four in game two and seven in game three they had more walks than strikeouts um as, a, as an offense throughout the entire series so really good plate discipline uh you know the florida gulf coast pitchers did struggle a little bit with command and uh, tcu took advantage of that so really liked that as well yeah and,
1: and kind of just going off of that right tcu i believe on friday night they had nine walks as a team and then you know, this this whole weekend in total, they had twenty four walks. So that's an average of eight walks a game. And when you get eight walks a game, sure, you know, you can say that it's bad pitching and things like that. But also, just like you said, the lack of strikeouts from the TCU batters tells me that these guys have a good eye as well. These guys have trained eyes. These guys have, you know, perhaps veteran eyes at the plate. And they're they, they know the strike zone and they're working counts, you know. Um very few times this weekend did I see a TCU batter go down one two three real quickly without making it a tougher at-bat for the opposing pitcher, and that's what I like to see, whether it's from a veteran, um, someone who's in the middle, or even a freshman like Chase Brunson. These guys are in there for the fight every time they go up to an at-bat. And they work counts, and they get that starter tired or that reliever tired, yep,
0: and that made those games very long, <laughs> yes, incredibly long. Well, I think the
1: first one was four hours and seven minutes. second one was under four hours. then the then game three was four hours and three minutes total. yep. I mean, it's it was the probably the longest opening series I've ever watched or been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was very long.
2: whoever was running the pitch clock do a better job next time start it like two seconds earlier i know seriously because i know it's not the pitch clock's fault because we're having to make up time with all those pitching changes because uh okay correct me if i'm wrong i do not think that college baseball has a three better minimum
1: um no no it doesn't
2: we need it now and we need it we need it now and we need it yesterday so yes uh I feel like that would help more than anything, more than the pitch clock. Yeah. I, I think that's, and also, it, it, I, in my opinion, I like it because it brings about a new a form of strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's strategy involved now, but um, we've seen it in Major League Baseball, and also it would make the games quicker. Yeah. Uh, also, give them like, give them like I don't know, th- three less warm up tosses because mm-hmm. they've been they've been throwing for like ten minutes in there.
1: Yeah. No, it was. <laughs> I, I think that was the biggest problem was. You know, obviously when you score a lot, the game is naturally going to elongate, but it's the pitching changes when you take a minute or a minute, 30-second breaks. We only know this because we work in production of how long the breaks are in between pitching changes. And it's just those 90 seconds add up over the course of the game when there's 10, 12 different pitchers in total, right? Um, So, yeah, this weekend was an incredibly long series in terms of just watching the game and if you're at the game in the cold i i wouldn't be surprised if many of you listeners left early because it's pretty chilly out there as well um especially on on uh, on friday and saturday but um no it's a great start to to the season um kind of shifting the conversation now i want to talk a little bit about this bullpen we've talked about the starters obviously um payton toley cole Klecker and zach morris all got the starts this weekend um but Kind of just switching gears to the bullpen, Zachary Coyer had probably the best start that he could have asked for. He 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 was a reliever at McClellan uh, McCle- sorry McClellan College. Um, he was teammates with Cole Fontenelle, who obviously just recently left TCU for the uh, LA Angels. But Coyer came in this weekend. He's two and zero after he had. Great relief outings on Friday and Sunday. um He's two and zero. Had four and two thirds innings pitched. He was used quite a bit in this opening series, um, but he came into multiple situations where they were actually both of them were bases loaded, no outs, and he managed to get out of it, only giving up one run, and that that one run wasn't even his. It was actually Andrew Moseyello's from Sunday. Um, or sorry, from 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 Saturday actually but i mean this guy for for someone so new to establish himself like this in this manner i mean it's got to give him just so much confidence going forward
0: yeah you got to feel pretty good about the back end of the bullpen the middle innings kind of struggled a little bit we saw that chase hoover uh struggled a little bit cademan parker uh gave up five runs uh but the back end of the b- bullpen with with coyer uh Braden sloan uh i liked what i saw from him this weekend mm-hmm. and then uh been able to close it out I think yep. you feel good there but yeah I was very impressed with Coyer to come in and kind of settle things down after giving up a lot of runs prior uh, from the starters
2: yeah this was the first series so obviously we he's Kirk Sarlos he isn't Kirk Sarlos is trying to determine whether or not he's going to insert different pitchers into different scenarios and he learned quite a bit I would say about who uh he is going to and In certain certain situations, for Caden Parker, that was his first time pitching in a game in like, what, over almost a year and a half, maybe two years at this point, so I cut him some slack. I cut everyone a little bit of slack, obviously, because it's the first uh, bit of game action, but it still gives some insight into... Uh, who's going to be in what high-leverage situations. Obviously, we knew that Ben Abel was going to be probably the closer, but mm-hmm. now if Coyier can do this, then he's the perfect guy to put in that 7th and 8th inning in uh, and, and high-leverage spots going forward. Uh, and I like what I saw out of Sloan as well. And uh, Lu- uh, Luis Rodriguez pitched really well in that one inning that we got to see him in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the bullpen problem also kind of solves itself if the starters go deeper into games. That's yep. kind of how that uh, goes because if the starters pitch more innings then you have to use less bullpen arms yep. and you can use the ones that are more preferable for the certain scenario
1: yeah and and kind of just from from this little conversation here I mean the I think the biggest word that comes to mind is depth it feels that TCU's bullpen has the depth to the point where yes if 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 Zachary Coyer is not available well shoot Braden Sloan's here Luis Rodriguez is here as those you know seventh and eighth Set up guys, or if you need a long reliever, you know maybe Braden Sloan is your guy, or Chase Hoovers your guy, because he he was the Tuesday starter for for, for quite a bit last year. Um, but that's the thing, TCU's bullpen's got a lot of depth to it, a lot of arms, lots of lefties too, which is definitely something that I like to have in a bullpen. Um, but I was really impressed. I was really impressed with how this bullpen gave the offense some time to come back into the games. And I think that was the biggest thing was kind of just managing that load and just turning over the, the 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 lineup and saying all right offense here's one here, here's another chance to go get us some runs here's another chance to go eat back at that seven run deficit and that's exactly what we saw on monday and saturday i oh, sorry sorry friday and saturday yeah p- uh,
0: pitching is kind of the probably the biggest struggle early on i think we saw that a little bit last season the offense was really hot last year and, and it seems like that same theme theme is happening this year um yeah, it, it's gonna take some time to figure out where players belong because not every pitcher is built to pitch in the eighth inning. Some prefer the sixth or the seventh, you know, some like to pitch in the earlier innings. And uh, even for a guy like Cole Klecker, you know, he gave up he, he gave up four on runs, seven hits. I don't think he pitched terrible. He just he kinda what he did last year, very aggressive in the strike zone, left a couple pitches up and he and he bit the bullet for that. So I think he'll be fine. But yeah, overall, I think the depth, like you said, Ian, is, is, is there for sure. Well, TCU just grabbed one heck of a series sweep over the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles, who again
1: were a tremendous team last season and their offense looks just as powerful as it was a year ago. They're over in the Atlantic Sun Conference. Uh, but yeah, TCU getting the sweep to open up the 2024 uh, college baseball season here at Lupton. We've still got one more segment full of TCU baseball as we look ahead to their game tomorrow night against Texas Tech, as well as the upcoming series against the UCLA Bruins. So stick right here. You're listening to Riff Ram Review on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio.
2: Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics,
0: I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trash.
2: Today in school, I learned that I have no no friends. In In English, I learned that I make people sick. And And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... Is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Today, my new dad and I shot off a rocket in the park. Today, my new son and I failed to shoot off a rocket. He knew exactly what to do. I had no clue what I was doing. We set up the rocket. We set up the rocket. Hit ignition. Hit ignition. And then... And then nothing. (laughs)
0: Ha, (laughs) ha,
2: (laughs) ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Sometimes I laugh when I'm frustrated. Then, out of nowhere, the rocket launched into the air. The rocket did get into the air. I've never seen anything fly so high. And then crashed into a kite. Look out, look out! And then the pond. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that day, even if I tried. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of kids in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the
1: Ad Council. Psst. Yeah, you. It's me. Your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious and yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active, but lately you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a
2: stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check change control. A message from the American
1: Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice. I'm Zion Trammell joined by Ian Apishan and Seth Dowdle. We're going to continue with that TCU baseball talk looking ahead uh, to this upcoming schedule here as the Horned Frogs will be back in action tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at Lupton taking on Texas State. It'll be Ben Hampton on the bump, the transfer from West Virginia uh, so excited for that! As the Horned Frogs will look to go four zero on the season, and then this weekend they have a three game series against UCLA. Uh, kind of a Pac twelve slate coming up for for TCU, and what will be the last time the Pac twelve will be in existence? Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely like a little like. Like farewell, farewell
1: tour for the Pac-12. Uh, obviously, we've we've kind of weighed in on the Pac-12 uh, dissolving during the football season and things like that. But definitely, definitely kind of interesting how TCU is going to come up against uh, you know after Texas State, UCLA for a three-game series, Washington State, Arizona, USC, Arizona State, and USC once again. I mean, it's all of a sudden just an Absolute influx of, of Pac-12 teams, but it's nice. It'll be a great set of games too to 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 get the team ready for Big 12 play. So
0: yeah, it'll be super competitive. Some of those schools moving on to the uh, to the Big Ten. TCU, uh, the men's tennis team played a Big Ten team today. Yeah. Uh, in the national championship, men's tennis, the indoor men's tennis team, they did lose. They are the they finished as the runner up, but just wanted to congratulate them. On a great season, um, just had to shoe that in there. Did I do a good job with that. You did, did a very good job. <laughs> I approve. I
2: approve. My request was granted. I approve of that one. That was good. I. It was Ohio State, by the way. You didn't mention who they played. They play, oh, yes. They lost Ohio State. Sorry.
0: Yes, they did play Ohio State. Yeah, I I guess I forgot to mention that. Um, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> congrats to them on their season. Go win an outdoor tennis championship. I'm sure they'll, they'll they'll be in the running for sure.
2: How much publicity do you think the Ohio State's Men's Tennis Indoor National Championship is getting in Columbus right now?
0: Uh, probably...
2: Not as much as it needs to be, is what I Not said. Not as yeah. much as a football team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I need work. Ryan Day to go up on the <laughs> dais and say congratulations to the Buckeye men's tennis team. Yeah. If he doesn't, then he's doing a disservice to the university. Exactly. I yeah. agree.
0: I yeah. agree. So, as we look ahead to this upcoming schedule here, how, how confident are you guys in that, you know, obviously it's it's a little hard to tell where each team is in, in the Pac-12 and kind of gauging where they're at, but how confident are you looking moving ahead after this series that TCU can you know keep that top 5 top you know top of the nation standing
1: yeah i mean kind of just like you said it is it is definitely tough to look ahead i mean UCLA just swept Gonzaga this weekend obviously they're they're off to a good start but i think really where where i'm kind of looking for TCU to improve and and kind of using like using what i know of TCU going forward is that they need to control their pitching more so. And just like we said in the last segment, that comes as the season goes on. These first 20 or so games, this first month or so before you get into Big 12 play, it's a bit like auditions for these guys, whether you're in the batting order or if you're on the mound pitching, whether you're starter, reliever, or closer, these are kind of your auditions to go out there and say, put me out here as the Friday night starter, as the Saturday or Sunday starter for, for Big 12 play. And so... I really think that TCU's fortunes all depend on their pitching staff, kind of just, just kind of getting around to it and and, and kind of figuring out their way. Um, again, it's it's still so early in the season, but if there's one thing, it's probably the pitching staff. The offense has obviously just looked absolutely stellar. So,
0: yeah, um, kind of looking at the the standings too, uh, just. To point out that you know TCU was you know was able to get that sweep. Houston is the only other team that's undefeated right now in the Big 12. Uh, everyone else at least you know went two and one, one and two. Baylor had a rough weekend. They're zero yes. three. Go look
2: yeah. at the dead body that is the Oklahoma State Cowboys right now. They got bodied by the Bearcats in Huntsville. This oh, weekend. that's right.
0: Yeah. Oh, did they? What was the?
2: They went one and two.
0: Oh, yikes.
2: But they did win 19 to two yesterday. So it seems that they took out a lot of testosterone against uh in the final game (laughs) a lot lot of anger yeah Yeah.
0: Uh, texas a top ranked team was two and one they played san diego university of san diego Diego. you know i learned
2: i learned this this weekend there are so many different variations of there's a uc san diego which is different from san diego Mm -hmm. Uh, and uc san diego is actually pretty good Mm -hmm. san diego on the other hand probably not yeah. But there's San Diego State. Yep. Okay, We we let's stop it, boys. So we, many we, we only need, if you're going to have multiple colleges in the same town, even though it's a big town, very big town, one of the biggest towns, we can come up with other names. We need some variants here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of colleges in the DFW area. None of them have the same name yep. or names that enough to confuse you. Confuse exactly. Goodness gracious. I'm mad
1: exactly well well kind of just talking about that you you saying that um, Oklahoma State 119 to two that got me thinking just briefly I'll interject this but we didn't even talk about it. the Sunday's game between TCU and Florida Gulf Coast got cut short. Oh, it ended yeah. in the bottom of the eighth because Florida Gulf Coast yeah. supposedly had, had a flight to catch. And because it's travel day, they're like, all right, we're, we're cutting this thing because we got to get back home. Yeah. <laughs> that was so strange after Luke Bores. Luke Bores yeah. nearly hit a grand <laughs> slam. <laughs> but yeah. it was caught at the, at, at, at the warning track yeah. in center field. And then I see both managers. I see the umps. And then everyone's kind of just smiling. And I'm like, all right good game folks yeah (laughs) it was it was the most random ending to a game Mm -hmm. i feel like in 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 quite a while just because we're also used to the run rule and things like that but what do you guys think of that
0: yeah i thought it was interesting that they wanted to play that inning because believe me i was in the control room you know working for the production for espn plus we all wanted this game to be you know ready to you know and and they started the inning at, like, 423, so the rule was that at, like, 430, you can't start a new inning after 430. It was, like, 423, 424 when the game, when the bottom of the eighth started. We're just like, do they really think with how this game is gone that they're going to get this out in, like, three minutes? And yeah. they didn't, and then the game is over. But, hey, I was... Uh, I was happy with it One I, less. I had the game on mute
2: get... so I had no idea what was going on
0: <laughs> you're like what? all of a sudden you're like why
1: don't we come back from, from the bottom of the 8th commercial break guys? well I
2: just said it just like bottom of the 8th hits the he catches it and then the the bug says final and I said oh someone <laughs> messed a... up
0: <laughs> and I, hey that was me he, apparently it was Zion yeah, he did not was...
2: mess up <laughs> that's
0: funny <laughs> you're like uh, uh Zion what did you just <laughs> do uh... <laughs>
2: and then I and then I totally forgot that there was a combined 8 errors in that game yesterday mm-hmm. okay which was uh which was uh very sloppy which again i thought that was another mistake on the bug operator resign over there i was like there's no, no way there could be eight combined errors yeah there yeah it was and and kind
1: of just using that to segue i i hate to talk about errors in a bad way to get to talking about a position or players but i think the biggest question mark still outside of maybe the pitching staff the starting pitching rotation I think the biggest question mark still remains at third base. Uh, obviously, Braden Taylor leaving TCU last year for for the draft, getting drafted 19th overall, heading into this season, there's question marks of who's going to replace him. Is it going to be Brody Green, who's been here for the last two seasons? Uh, you know, he's a he's a junior now, or is it going to be the youngster Ryder Robinson at third? Is it going to be Jack Basir, who is a bit of a I don't want to say utility player, but he can play second, he can play third, uh, he because because he came over from from Pepperdine and he had a wonderful freshman season batting around 345 um, over in California, but that's that's still kind of the biggest question mark going forward is, who do you go with? I mean, Ryder Robinson, it sounded like he had a really good fall ball, sounded like he had a great bat at the plate, was really solid on defense, and we kind of heard the same things out of the Brody Green camp, if you will, but then comes opening day and it's Ryder Robinson playing and I'm excited. I, I I'm still excited for Ryder Robinson, but it's definitely, it was definitely a, a, a much tougher start to his collegiate career than, than maybe he would have hoped.
0: Yeah. I, I was definitely a little disappointed um, on the defensive end. Uh, coming from someone who's played third base, I understand how difficult of a position it is to play. You're getting the hardest ground balls in the infield. It is it is a tough, tough position to play. Brayden Taylor made it look so easy, and we certainly, I think, took that for granted at times. And when you have young guys who, you know, are coming in from high school, they're not hitting the balls that at the exit velo is a lot less in high school than it is in college. And I think. It, it was just kind of a mental thing for Ryder Robinson. When you make one error, it just kind of eats at you a little bit. You really want to put on a show. There's an instance where uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Basir or Robinson, where the, he fumbled the ball or, you know, fumbled the, the, um, the transition. Grounder, yeah. yeah, fumbled the grounder. And as he was going, he should have just. Ate the ball, but then instead he threw it like a yeah, mile over, yeah, over yeah. the first baseman's head and into the dugout. In that situation, it's like you don't want to compound one error with another yep. one, so just eat it. I think that's kind of it's just sort of a mental thing for these guys, making the transition to college. It's a lot different.
2: You're telling me that guys in high school aren't hitting at 105 <laughs> miles an hour? Some might, <laughs> Some, believe, it or not. <laughs> believe it or not. Well, I'll tell you this. I think the hardest grounder I got, ever got hit was about like 60 miles an hour. <laughs> You know, T-ball kids are hitting it about 60 miles an hour nowadays because they're juicing, I'm convinced. T-ball kids are juicing. Have you seen them? They're freaking jacked, man. But it's certainly something to, I don't think it's something to worry about right now. Because as we have said throughout this entire baseball duology segment that we got going on right now, is that it's early and then everyone has either nerves jitters in the case of Ryder robinson i would certainly not you know put it past him to be a little nervous but that he's going to be the opening day starter at third base and he's replacing a tcu legend i mean heck i'd be nervous i'm nervous right now i'm nervous right now talking about him i'm always nervous uh and then (laughs) it's called anxiety or something like that i don't know but and then number two is that you can practice defense, guys. I don't know if y'all know this, but there's you, you can mm-hmm. go out there and you can do it, and they can practice. And I feel like it's it's gonna work itself out. Either they get better at it, or they continue to churn out different rotations yep. of people there, and they find someone that fits. Brody Green was really good defensively, yeah. and if that back comes along, it's really. He's probably the third baseman going forward. Yeah,
0: he brought like a spark of energy off the bench. Really liked what I saw from Brody Green.
1: Yeah, and and kind of just going off of what you said, Seth. I'm 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 kind of the inverse. I I I think the off and and this isn't saying that you don't think what I'm about to say, but I think the offense can come and I think it will come out of Ryder Robinson and Jack Basir. Obviously, Jack Basir went 0 for 1 with a walk, so we barely seen him. Ryder Robinson 1 for 9 this weekend. Not not the prettiest, but still very early as as we've kind of been harping on but I just I I really hope Ryder Robinson's not getting into his own head Mm -hmm. defensively I think that's my biggest worry offensively it'll come along he'll figure it out it's that part of shoot I made an error today I made another error today I should have made this throw better or whatever right those types of mental mental fortitude type type moments that for a young freshman I really hope he's not going to get into his own head. And um, fortunately, the team culture around this TC baseball team is is. Top notch. So I I I don't think his teammates will let him get to that point. And obviously, you know, you have a bad weekend. Well, great, your team and you you and your team just swept um, your your opponent to start the season. So you can just put it behind you. It's a new day. It's a new week. You got Texas State and UCLA for for three games. So
0: yeah, there's so many games left in the season. It's it's so early, and I hope he doesn't like try to tweak anything. You're on this team for a reason with your skills with your abilities. Just kind of stick to the fundamentals, and and get back to the basics, and and you'll be okay. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a little you know unfortunate to see. But I I hope that we can see more of Ryder Robinson or Jack Rosier, and just you know seeing how they can weave them in. But yeah, it 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 might take a little bit when you lose someone like that good at the at the hot corner. It, it's gonna take it take some time to figure out who's gonna play that that position. So. Yeah, and 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 one one other guy that's going to be kind of just just getting into the mix is Sam
1: Myers. Sam Myers is a freshman uh, from Cypress, Texas. He's Kirk Sarlos, I believe, following Sunday's game said that Sam Myers is going to start tomorrow against Texas State in center field. So looking forward to him making his debut. Um, he, he seems like a really exciting player. He's a three year letter winner at Cypress Woods High School, two time unanimous all district performer, ranked as the number eight outfield prospect by the state of Texas. I'm um, sorry, in the state of Texas. Um, so, re- really excited to see him make his debut, see what he can produce at the plate, and see what he can track down in center field. I mean, obviously. Hopefully, everything. Yeah, hopefully, everything. Um, Chase Brunson's done a great job, and looking forward to seeing Sam Myers out there tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see TCU back in action tomorrow night against Texas. Texas State at 6 p.m. we will have the pregame show at 5.30 right here on KTCU. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about TCU men's basketball and the week they just had right here on Riff Ram Review.
2: Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery.
0: Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke
2: fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone, to Riff Ram Review. Seth here, Ian and Zion on the other side of the glass, and we are back. We're going to talk about NCAA basketball. What, what do you all say, boys? What do you all say? Let's we've, do it. We've been, Up for it. We've been talking about baseball for a very long time, so long, in fact, that I'm done with it to be to be frank and really? I'll be done with it until tomorrow because and then <laughs> then I'll be ready to jump back in the saddle because I got my fair share of of baseball this weekend uh and uh not all of it was pleasant. In Arkansas. Yeah. Well, let oh, me tell you.
0: Did That just, t- just trigger some Arkansas people? Seen Arkansas. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps.
2: Well, that's how they say it sometimes. Some too. little pig suies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was in the uh, GA section, the general okay. admissions section, and it's literally just like a flat, it's like slight incline in left field uh, with like a bajillion people. Literally more people were in this like three-acre lot than were in were seated in the entire bowl and if you were sitting like you can bring your own lawn chairs and if you were sitting down you could not see anything so i did not see much of the baseball game all i knew was that things were happening whenever other people made noise but that's the spot that's beside the point because uh tcu men's basketball played two games this past week and they won both of them hey hey two and oh how about that and they are ranked number 25 in the
0: coaches poll yep yes that's you know it's it's funny because, we're, you know, 2-0, and I thought, okay, yeah, we should probably be back in the top 25. But, no, um, instead, BYU's still there, even though they just lost to the second-worst team in the uh, conference by 10 points. That's just – I don't know what kind of thing they've got with, with BYU with the Mormons, but I just – I I'm, I don't understand. And I get it. It's not like it's a huge deal right now, but BYU – They're a good team. I think TCU's resume looks a whole lot better than BYU's. I don't even – I mean, BYU, I think their best win is – I think they beat Iowa State very early in conference play. Yeah, they did. Um, I don't know. I I don't understand it. Yeah? Sorry. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay.
2: It's okay. It's okay. We don't understand. You know, there's a lot of things we don't understand in this world. Yep. And one of them is why BYU is right number 25 right now. Yep. But you know what we do understand? TCU beat two teams this week, and one of them was on uh, an excellent step-back jumper, and one of the oddest forms of a step-back jumper I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Yes. <laughs> but guess what? It went in the basket, yep. and that's all that matters. Count it. Count it. That's what the ref said.
0: Yeah. I, I think a lot of people on Twitter realized – that aren't TCU fans, like, Jameer Nelson has a son? Yeah, I actually did see a Does lot he? of that.
1: <laughs> Does he really? Oh, oh, Jameer Nelson. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about Jameer Nelson Jr. I was like, what? Uh, uh, no, yes, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Jameer Nelson Sr. Yes, yeah. no, Jameer Nelson Sr. has a son, Jameer Nelson Jr. I'm so sorry. I, for, I was like... I was like, Jameer Nelson Jr. does not have. What well, was funny about that whole interaction he's is because
2: sweaty. the first time he said it, we were like, "Oh, he's definitely joking." As like in a, like, obviously it's Jameer Nelson Senior as a son. Of Jameer J- Nelson Jr. exists, and then he said it again, and this look on your face was very, oh very You're like, "What in the world?" It was yeah. funny,
0: but yeah, a lot of people didn't realize this, that Jameer Nelson Senior has yeah. a son, Jameer Nelson Jr. Let alone in college, and yeah, that was a pretty sick shot. Uh, TCU has had two game-winning shots this season. And they've come in very bizarre ways. Emmanuel Miller's game winner against Georgetown was out of bounds, but it went in, and it was like from really deep. Count it. Yeah, they they did. He
2: he could he could have been like in the in the crowd, and they probably would have counted. He it. He could have been
0: courtside. He yeah. basically yeah. was courtside. Yeah, he was. Um, but yeah, really really happy with the way that that TC was able to pull out that win, especially on the road. Road wins are so hard to come by in the Big Twelve. Uh, have a game Micah PV. Twenty-six yeah. points, nine rebounds, uh three three blocks, three steals, six stocks as they call it now, steals and blocks. Uh, um, uh do they? Yeah, that's that's like a thing now. <laughs> I've yeah, never heard stocks, this. yeah. Uh-huh. Blocks and steals, yeah. Interesting. It's like OPS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except, yeah. Warm, it is like except OPS.
2: Except not as fun. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's not as cool, but still. Uh, good game for him, and, and happy that TCU got the win.
1: Yeah, no TCU obviously getting that big win. Uh, what 75-72 over Kansas State, and then I, I think one one of the biggest takeaways was TCU's rebounding. Uh, they they out rebounded Kansas State thirty one to twenty seven, and on the offensive glasses fourteen to seven, I believe. Um, and and TCU was able to get. 20 second chance points which are second chance points are absolute killers whether you're looking at college basketball or professional basketball in the NBA and TCU took advantage of that Um, I I feel like throughout the season it's kind of been a a bit of a flip of a coin with how TCU is going to do on the glass and in, in the rebounding game and kind of just getting dirty and using their bodies in the paint but no no matter how good or how bad it's been at certain moments this year this it's it's an aspect of the game that the team takes a lot of pride in we hear it a lot from Emmanuel Miller Ernest Ude Jr uh, uh, Jamie Dixon obviously talks about the team's rebounding abilities and we saw it on full display against Kansas State they came up big 20 second chance points obviously helped the team so really glad to see them uh doing well off the glass then also, TCU shot well from the free throw line, which is always something that you want to see, yeah. um, especially Micah PV eight for ten. So
0: yeah, they almost blew it at the end, though yes. they missed a couple free throws, and then PV had a turnover, or was it? Yeah, he, he had a turnover at the end. Kansas State was able to tie it. I was like, oh, but yeah, free throw shooting was was pretty solid for TCU. Yeah, and
1: then also fifty-one points in the second half too was huge. Yeah. I think that
0: that's the second, that's the
1: second, that's the second most second half points. TCU scored this year behind sixty something or fifty four to like against Old
0: Dominion in Hawaii. So, big, yeah. big. Yeah. Uh, what, what
2: is this? The NBA All Star Game? Goodness gracious! You're scoring so many points right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Kansas State shot one for fifteen from yes. three. That was that was a big difference. Yeah. Um, I have a funny story. So, when I was like trying to watch the highlights of this game, I just went on YouTube, tur- uh, typed up TCU versus Kansas State, and then I just started watching. And uh, then I see Marquise Noel hit a three, and I'm like, oh, th- this is not the game from. <laughs> like, I-, yeah. I just realized I was like a couple minutes in, and I didn't even like pay any attention to what. Yeah. And I see him hit a three. I was like, oh, okay, yep, wrong game. Yeah. <laughs> so, I had to look for it elsewhere but
2: i always love looking for highlights from college games Mm -hmm. like shortly after because it's usually the the network or like the school hasn't had enough time so it's like some weird russian bot that has posted (laughs) this like weird chop up of highlights and uh it'll just cut in the middle of a shot sometimes and you'll be like oh i wonder if he made it uh oh and
0: and, oh he might have made it And,
2: and and it's like it and they're always like 37 minutes long and you're like who edited this so fast yeah. and you're like oh well clearly they didn't put much effort into it yeah. because it cut in the middle of the shot yeah
1: it, it it cuts in the middle of the shot every shot is cropped so you can't see the score bug and everything <laughs> like
2: that and you're like oh, i don't even know when this is guys it's <laughs> like two pixels
0: yeah what's the score uh, and it has
2: ten thousand views yep
1: exactly these guys are making bank off of youtube man
2: maybe we should do this
0: yeah we should
1: do this instead that would be a good uh, source of revenue just bootleg and highlights yeah Yeah. bootleg
0: highlights but I'm down
1: yeah no I mean just just kind of getting back to the game though you know it was a good win for TCU obviously a huge offensive performance but one of the things that Jamie Dixon was still very frustrated about was the defense giving up 44 points in the second half isn't good that's that's you you don't want to see that uh he said in his post-game pressure that Defending-wise, they just weren't getting to their blocks quick enough. They're leaving a lot of passing lanes open, um, feeds into the paint. we we're, we're just going we're, we're we're just going by too easily. So I'm kind of looking for TCU to try to tighten that up as they uh, look ahead and tomorrow night play Texas Tech here at uh, at the Scholmeyer. And I mean TCU got Texas Tech's number last time, winning 85 to 78. That was back in uh, back on. January 30th that they won that game so seeing if uh the frogs can do the uh do the double over them this year and I think that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, they definitely could could pick up use a win like this especially on the road against a ranked opponent. Uh they took care of business against West Virginia and and Kansas State, you know, two unranked teams that have kind of been struggling a little bit. But yeah, this is I think probably the toughest game, oh, second toughest game left this season, I would say. Yep. Um you know, Baylor, get, right? Yeah, Baylor's yep. probably the toughest game you've got, and then Texas Tech is is going to be the second toughest game left this season. Uh it's it's hard to beat a team twice, especially in this conference. So I uh, would like to see some good de- defensive play from T C if they're gonna win.
2: Yes, the dreaded atmosphere of United Supermarkets Arena. Gosh. Is that what it's
0: called? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. such a gross name.
2: It's like it's yeah. They could they could have chosen any Grocer supplier and they chose United Supermarkets. Maybe that's the new country that's coming around. You know, we got the U.S., the U.K. Well, a lot of United stuff. United you know, Supermarkets Arena is USA. Oh wow, that's actually what it stands for, guys. Yeah, we've yeah. been getting it wrong all day. Happy President's Day, by the way. Yeah, Happy President's oh, yeah. Day.
1: Why don't we get President's Day off? Oh, y'all. At, oh, y'all at school. Today? I mean, I,
2: yeah. I, I didn't. Well, yeah, you
1: didn't have class. Yeah. You don't go here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, you were in Arkansas, Seth. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, but but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. United Supermarkets Arena, USA. Yep. Happy President's Day. TCU will be in United Supermarkets Arena on Tuesday against a ranked team uh, because uh, the AP poll thinks that Texas Tech and BYU are better than TCU, even though TCU beat Texas Tech earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. We're back at this again. I've I've circled you. I've circled us back around as Zion being angry. Yeah. Zion, go again.
0: Uh, <laughs> I was like I sh- ran out. They should be ranked. I don't know.
2: They are ranked in the coaches poll, which actually I feel like should give you more validation because the teams that you play think you're good, not some you know shadowy shadowy league figure in a in a boardroom somewhere yeah. who probably didn't watch the game anyway. Yeah,
0: well, they, they've not been watching.
2: No, they don't watch. Yeah. They don't have time to watch most of the time. Yeah. I bet you if you looked at half the people that vote at AP, whether it be for college football or college basketball, they're usually beat writers of some of some sort, right? Yep. So they're at their team's games, and that's where they should be. They should not be. Uh, if they're if they're a Texas Tech beat writer and they're supposed to be watching Texas Tech play whoever they, uh, if they're watching TCU play whoever, I would say you're doing a, you're not doing your job. Yeah, but. Maybe that maybe we should reconsider who gets to vote on such things. Yeah, maybe it, people that actually watch the basketball games. Exactly, like like Zion, like fans. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's totally not toxic and totally that, that totally would, would solve every problem.
0: That would ensue chaos. Uh, <laughs> that would totally have chaos with it. Who, For would sure. be, who
2: would be the number one ranked overall team if uh, fans voted? Would it be? Uh,
0: be Saint
1: Peter's. Be, FDU. be Saint Peter's. Yeah. No. <laughs> not, Everyone that doesn't have an
0: affiliation as a team. Yeah. Go like yeah, for that. No, not the unanimous most dominant team in basketball in yukon No. We're gonna go with, you know, Maryland. <laughs>
2: Maryland. Well, I feel like yeah, their coalitions would form online yeah. of like a voting blocks Dayton.
0: We're gonna go with Dayton as the number one team. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate it.
2: Yeah. I don't yeah. hate it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Would,
0: no. <laughs> no, no, not Dayton. No, not Dayton. Well, and and it's interesting. wait, why? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. No. <laughs> I was like, wait a sec. Um, I mean, looking at the AP poll though, like, uh, Iowa State's number six, guys. That's, I That's mean, a
2: good loss, quality loss, right there, boys. Yeah.
0: yeah, and and I mean, I just, I guess the part that I'm really confused about with TCU or with why they they're kind of leaving out TCU is, you know. They've won, what, four of their last six games. The Texas loss was bad. And then Iowa State, I mean, they're just a really good team. I, I don't know. I guess they're just focused on those losses. Um, to me, that just doesn't make sense. I think this is a top 25 team in the country. Uh, the schedule is pretty favorable, if it is, if you could say that it is. I mean, you know, you've got Texas Tech, Cincinnati, Baylor, BYU, West Virginia, UCF. Um, you know, those teams – Three or four of those teams are kind of towards the middle bottom of of the Big 12, and that's a really good opportunity where you can set yourself up nicely for the Big 12 tournament yep. and in March, uh, where hopefully you're not like an eight or nine seed, you're you're you know six or five a five seed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I
1: think for TCU to to break back into those top 25, sorry, to to break back into the top 25 poll, um, they'll need to win at least. Either one against Texas Tech or, or the game against Baylor. They play Texas Tech tomorrow, then at Cincinnati, then Baylor on the 26th, opening up March at BYU, then at West Virginia, then at home against UCF to close out the regular season. And I think if you're a TCU fan, you want to see at least five of those five, five of those of, of these next six games come out, you know, in in, in the winning column. And you know, just leaving one game open, you know, for chance for Texas Tech or Baylor. So
2: it'd be great to end the regular season with single-digit losses. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that's happened in a very long time. Yeah, probably. I don't know if it ever has happened, but they're, that would be something very special.
0: They're 18 and seven. Yep. So they, yeah. They, if it doesn't happen, something went wrong. Yeah, I, I would say. I mean, yeah, because you be
2: fav- you're probably well. I don't know if you're going to be favorite of the BYU game. You if, might not be. If you so, yeah, go, yeah,
0: but I, I think three and three or four and two, you know, is like okay. That's good. You definitely don't want to go like two and four, obviously, no. and and you know. But I think like four and two is is very realistic. Mm-hmm. And if you go five and one, that's incredible. Yeah, um, definitely not going to go six and zero. Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely but. not six and zero. Oh, but we'll see. I mean, this conference, as we've talked about it so much, and we've stressed it multiple times throughout the show over the last couple months but i mean the big 12 any team can be any team on any given day it's just the most sporadic conference in sporadic in a good way um in the nation so yeah this
0: this team is just a lot different than last year's because last year mike miles was like the far and away just the leading scorer and you know you're always going to count on him to get you 20 points a game or whatnot and this year it's just it's a very balanced attack literally in west virginia the, the west virginia game three guys were the leading scorer with the same amount they each yep. had 14 points uh micah PV had you know a A career game offensively against Kansas State so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of the season and in the tournament is um you know which guys are going to kind of um you know make their mark offensively Mm -hmm. and hopefully that you know we see some guys a little more consistency um from certain guys Uh, I think Travion Tennyson is someone to watch for um was one of those guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. TC's playing good basketball. Big Twelve is a good basketball conference and just an overall good basketball product, don't you think, guys? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But you know what isn't? The NBA All-Star Game. And we're going to talk about that <laughs> coming up right after this break.
1: Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org.
2: Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k.
1: So you're giving up, just like that.
2: Giving up on what?
1: I'm getting an inheritance from a distant relative.
2: Don't you think if there were a billionaire in the family, we'd know about it by now?
1: Listen to me, we are one phone call away from riding horses on our own private polo grounds. One call from christening yachts, having a butler, using summer as a verb. How do you figure? Look, everyone's got a rich uncle somewhere. It's statistics. So the best thing you can do is just prepare for the inevitable.
2: Right, which
1: is why I thought maybe it would be smart to take control of my finances. You know, start using a budget, get out of debt, set some retirement goals.
0: Budgets? Debt? You watch
1: your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Yo! Big Shaq, the one and only, man's not hot, never hot.
0: It never gets old, Seth. Welcome back to Reframe Review right here on 88.7 The Choice. Zion Trammell here with Ian Apetian and Seth Dowdle. We uh, talked about college baseball for TCU, TCU men's basketball, and now we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend, the All-Star Game. Did not know it
1: was happening. Just want to say that.
0: Yeah, um, man, the All Star Game uh, it was one of the games of all time. Lots of furious fans. Lots of takes and opinions floating on the internet. Uh, it, the final score was two eleven to one eighty six. The Eastern Conference won. Um, and it's such a shame that. There was this many points scored in an All Star game. It's the most ever, and you know I've seen people on Twitter say, "Oh, I missed when the All Star game was like this," and it shows clips from the early two thousands. And I'm like, guys, we don't even have to look back twenty years ago. We can look back four years ago. The twenty twenty All Star game was one of the best game, one of the best All Star weekends I've ever seen. It was so much fun. The players were going at it. Even two years ago. Um, you know, West versus east in uh, Cleveland, when LeBron hit that game winner, when they said Cleveland, this is for you, like Dwayne Wade said that, and then LeBron hits the game winner. like those two those games were very competitive because they had that target score. And for some reason, they didn't have it. I don't think they had it last year and they didn't have it this year. And I just didn't get that because when those when that target score, when you had to reach a certain amount of points to win the game was implemented, there was more of an incentive and uh, the players were locked in and and we saw some really good basketball Um, this year that was not implemented. There was no incentive and um, yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a disaster. I I don't, I don't really know what else to say for a a all-star game where uh, some of the top players in the NBA were all healthy player, you know, Adam Silver has gotten a few things fixed. More players are playing this season. We're, we're not seeing as much many players resting. Um, we're seeing these guys play. Um, and so we got one of the best all-star teams I've ever seen in the Western Conference, just looking at the roster. I mean, all-time greats, KD, LeBron, Curry, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Luka, just so many Jokic. I mean, the entire team could end up being a future Hall of Famer at some point. I mean, outside of a couple, but, um, yeah, to see how many talented players there were in this year's all-star game, um, so many greats and there was just no energy. Um, it was just kind of like a glorified shoot around. I was very disappointed. Um, We'll get into the other stuff later, but kind of, I mean, did, did you guys watch the game that much or? I didn't even know what was happening this weekend.
1: No. I, I just realized that basketball had stopped for a couple of days and people were upset and then I realized that all the festivities were going on. I've never been a big all-star game watcher, whether it's been um, the Pro Bowl or the NBA. I used to watch more of the NBA skills competitions and the three-point contest, the dunk contest. I do like that aspect of it. But when it comes to the game, I don't know. I, I, I think you said it right there, Zion was look, these are some of the best guys in the league and these teams are fully healthy. It's like the fans kinda wanna see these guys go head to head and actually play. Um, not just tossing up shots from, you know, half court or three quarter you know, three three quarters of the way, you
2: know. Shout out shout out Luca. Two for one. Well
1: yeah analytics. I, yeah, exactly. But like, you know, it's it's like it's cool and all, but at a certain point, you're kind of like, okay, but we're also here to be entertained. We're not here to just watch you go have fun. Um, a couple years ago, not, not a couple years ago, but, but you know, five, six years ago, Kobe Bryant said something where he was like, look, people play, play harder at a pickup game. People play harder at pickup games, you know, because it's like it means more. When you just have a bunch of your buddies and you're just playing around like this, it means it feels like it means nothing. At least as a fan's perspective, seeing this and watching it on TV and seeing the big production and then seeing these guys just chucking up shots from everywhere, it doesn't make it fun. I'd rather see some more competition in it too, you know. And that's not just for the NBA, but, you know, also at the NFL and things like that.
2: The question is it might be unfixable at this point. Yeah. I agree. I
0: I I think it can be because they made the right. They, they made a couple right decisions. They went back to West First East. They didn't do the draft. Whatever. They went back to West First East. They didn't do this insane like pregame. They did the introductions. It wasn't like they're on some huge stage. They're just on the court. And oops, they didn't have like a. <laughs> I'm I'm moving my hands around a lot right now. Uh, they, <laughs> Zion is
1: gesticulating.
0: Yeah, and I mean I'm a big NBA fan, so I I you know passionate about it they had a you know they didn't have like a pre-game performer or anything they took the right steps but I think they didn't have an incentive and they didn't have a target score which I and I think is really something that they could have they could have implemented Mm -hmm. and the whole thing with Luka um, you know Luka hasn't tried in any of the all-star games that he's played in obviously European him and Jokic just do not care which I kinda wish they would a little bit, but also understand not wanting to get hurt. Uh but he's like they're not playing defense. So why should I try on offense if they're not gonna, you know, try on defense? And that's just something that I think as the players they've gotta like come together and kinda realize that look, we need to kinda change this around. But
2: I was very disappointed to not see uh, you know, like a maroon five ish band play before the all star game. Yeah. <laughs> I need that would have yeah. been hilarious. Yeah. Who sung the national anthem? Was it as good as it could have been? It wasn't
0: but. Fergie, right? No. Um, it was, oh, I can't remember. It was a Grammy. He won multiple Grammys. Babyface. Baby Babyface, yeah. Um, Never he did heard a, of him. He did a good job, actually. And then Jennifer Hudson was the halftime performer. Interesting. Yeah. It was like, maybe it doesn't fit that demographic. She's great, but, you know.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I remember Jennifer Hudson being in the Three Stooges movie.
0: <laughs> that's what she's known. Yeah. And, okay. You know, critical acclaimed singer uh, yeah. known for the yeah. Three Stooges. Sorry. Um, that's no, fine. That's hilarious. That's, totally that's fine. awesome. You know, it's a great pull.
2: My favorite moment of the night was Adam Silver uh, sounding so very mad at the at the end of the game. Yep. He was just so very mad.
0: Yeah. But um, this is
2: kind of he's. I mean, he's kind of created this monster in his own kind of way as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. uh but maybe they could fix it maybe you know maybe if they promise them two billion dollars if they win maybe they try
0: yeah i and i like i said or are they you know home court advantage in the in the finals something let's
2: do that again yeah
0: yeah there there is i mean there really is there is a way because like i said just even two years ago the all-star game was fun to watch it is i think it is fixable they just they, they have to tweak some things. Um, the rest of the competition was was good. Uh, the three-point contest was fun. Damian Lillard won. Um, it's just insane how gifted, uh, you know, offensively players are nowadays. I mean, um, you know, you go back and you watch when Dirk Nowitzki won the 2006 three-point contest. I mean, he would have finished, like, second to last or third to you know, last in, in today's NBA in, in the three-point Um, So that was really cool. The Sabrina Ionescu versus Steph Curry was probably the best part of the All-Star Weekend. That was really fun. She's such a terrific shooter. Uh, Steph Curry is as well, obviously. That was really fun. Um, Did you guys watch the dunk contest at all?
2: I did not. You know, here's the thing. I I was having you know, some seizures because I was, the court was just too much for me. You know, there was flashing lights and whatnot. It just, was, yeah. it was just crazy, which, it w- which okay. I have questions about this sign because mm-hmm. whenever I first saw it, I was like, there's no way this is like a wooden court. Where's the, is this, are they just walking on glass right now? Is this just a screen? Are they walking on a, t- a TV?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, but it was definitely really cool technology. I just thought it was too much. And then
2: I saw, uh, people squeaking their shoes on it and i was like whoa the shoes are squeaking on this thing <laughs> yeah what's going on are they gonna and then i was like are we gonna need like some screen cleaner after this is gonna be like a guy like a like a window cleaner out like a skyscraper just coming start cleaning the the screen
0: it was a lot what what was, a lot? What was
2: it? it was an i LED, didn't watch it, there was an led they had an led court. look it up oh, right now
0: yeah and you could see like um oh wow like Dominique Wilkins, like there were highlights of him, I'm pretty sure, as Dominique Wilkins of him in the dunk contest on the court. It was oh, so dang. cool. Um, really cool technology. I just, yeah, I think it was a little much. They
2: spent a lot of money on it, probably.
0: Yeah, Mac McClung was great. um I, I think he had some really good dunks. How oh, Jalen Brown made it to the final makes no sense. Rigged. He dunked over Kai Sinat, who's five foot two, and he was sitting down. I remember my friends and I were watching this, we're like, are, Oh, he brought out Kai Sinat. Is he just like what? Oh, he's sitting down what what is this? it was just like a one handed flush. I was like, Oh my goodness, dude. But props what, to, what props to, yeah,
2: but like props <laughs> to him for doing it though. Like yeah. an
0: actually good player doing it is mm-hmm. rare. Absolutely, yep. yeah. I'm glad he did it. And you know, Mac McClung He's
2: played in half He has won half as many dunk contests as games played in the NBA. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) he is saving the dunk contest right now. He had some really good dunks. I don't think people realize, I think we're so desensitized to dunks now that people don't realize that dunking over Shaq is like, like completely just clearing him is insanely difficult and yeah. people are just like oh nice i'm like guys that is like <laughs> oh, that nice. is a pretty big i mean i know because people have done it before but the
2: one where he uh dropped the ball and then caught it again midair and then yeah it was so awesome and everyone's like well you know he didn't get it on his first try and i was like yeah well you wouldn't either, <laughs> so, <laughs> you wouldn't either. <laughs> i
0: was like dude come on like i don't know i think people i do think people were hating a little too you know some of the dunks were kind of bad but Mac McClung did a pretty good job. Um. Yeah, I I haven't watched
1: um, the dunk contest since it was. Uh I think it was 2016. The Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. Yeah, that man. You missed a
2: lot of heavy hitters in the dunk contest. Dennis Smith Jr. did it in 2018. Yeah, was very as a Mavs fan was very excited for that until he decided to not do good in it. I
0: know he didn't really, and then he came back the next year and then still didn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The and you know I mentioned earlier the 2020 All Star game was fun. The dunk contest was good too because I believe that was Aaron Gordon's second try against Derek Jones Jr. And they both did really good, and somehow Dwayne Wade gave Derek Jones Jr. the win. Um, But yeah, that 2016 one... I swear
2: the judges have cataracts sometimes.
0: Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. That that 2016 one, that was... That was so fun. I will watch that. I've watched that so many times. It was unbelievable. That's the thing. It's like,
1: that was probably the first dunk contest that I actually ever tuned into, and it's the only one that I've ever really tuned into. I, I, I haven't, like... I haven't chosen to, hey, Ian, tonight's the dunk contest. I'm going to sit down and watch. Like, I haven't done it since then. And I, I felt like watching that one in 2016 would have gotten me more interested in watching it down the line and for the next couple of years, but I just never did. And I don't know. I think it just, for me, had to do that. Like, no, like none of the best players in the NBA were in it. And I think that's something that drew me away, and it just so happened by chance that I watched Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. Just go at it.
0: To be be fair, that's when it peaked. And we're probably never going to get a dunk contest like that again. Uh, And that's just because you can't replicate that. Uh,
2: My favorite part of the weekend was when Scotty Barnes missed 10 shots in a row from like three feet away. And the skills competition.
0: (laughs) Yeah he's a such a great player just cannot make those shots and skills challenges apparently it was
2: very funny and then everyone was and then and then who was his partner in that i forget oh tyrese maxi yeah. and they were like oh well, let's have tyrese try it and he missed like three in a row mm-hmm.
0: yeah that was pretty funny uh, we saw micah parsons ball hog his way to an mvp <sighs> in the celebrity all-star game he took 31 <laughs> shots Are you kidding that's, me dude
2: that's my that's my boy
0: Yep. How many points did he have? Thirty-seven or something like that. Was it something like that? Jeez. I mean, he was Euro stepping, dunking. Him and Puka Nakua were just. Oh, was Puka his... there too? I didn't watch the game, but okay. I saw the highlights. Is it
2: sacrilegious for a team of players of other leagues to come in and?
0: Yeah, celebrities. You know, <laughs> it was like just we're just bringing out Puka Nakua. Are we serious? <laughs> it's like he's
2: at, he, They're dunking right now. <laughs> I want to see these guys. Like, I want to see Kevin Hart play ball.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I want to see like Kevin James and Adam Sandler go out there, <laughs> dude. They should have Adam, Adam Sandler at a they celebrity. Should have they? Has he ever done that? I don't know,
1: dude. It's like you
0: have to have Adam Sandler at one of those. Sand- the Sandman would ball out. Yeah, I, I need it. Um, oh man, yeah. No, Adam Sandler at an
1: All Star game would be so sick. Uh, like, like, sorry, at a uh, uh, at the celebrity All Star game would be sick.
0: Yeah. Um yeah,
1: he's like the ultimate like pickup basketball dude.
0: Yeah, he's a legend, dude. He's a legend. Every
2: scene every movie that he's in has a pickup basketball scene. Yes. So. Yeah. It he,
0: does. He's he's a goat, man. Uh, Grown ups, blended. All those good movies, man. Yeah. And he's doing uh you know more serious roles which i I love yeah he even did you know some pickup basketball and hustle hustle yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. he even was in
2: a basketball movie
0: that that was all him i'm sure (laughs) i mean that that was all him that was a great movie that was awesome hustle Um, was really good yeah uh i think just kind of going back to the all-star talk though and i think you know um it just it just doesn't compare like i think the mlb just has it the best because you can't in the mlb all-star game you can't just like yeah, we're just gonna throw sixty miles per hour. We're we're gonna you know take you know lighthearted swings. You know you have to actually try, otherwise they're gonna hit five hundred foot bombs off of you. And yeah. so you really get the best of both worlds, I think, in the MLB well, with the home run derby as well. And
2: yeah, like baseball stars continuously show up for the home run derby year in and year out. I mean. Top-of-the-line players do it every single year mm-hmm. and therefore give people a reason to watch. You're not seeing, uh, you know, Ryan Noda go out there.
1: Hey, hey. <laughs> whoa, yeah. whoa, Ryan Nota, man. Be careful.
2: But yeah. you know what? You know what? To be completely honest, I bet you could throw up pretty much 75% of the league and they'd do decently well in a mm-hmm. homer derby. Yeah, Because well, they can all hit homers.
0: But it's just fun when you see the, you know, big power hitters just like Pete Alonso just hit absolute nukes over and over and over again yeah. it's fun
1: and and also i mean this this is just me but i feel like at least when comparing the mlb and the nba i feel like the players in the mlb just have way more personality than basketball players that's just me and i'm more drawn to the certain the specific characters and the people in baseball than the the characters and the people in basketball and I don't know if that's just me. I don't know if, if you guys feel the same way about that or or are or, are like, Ian, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. But that's just how I feel. And I think that's why I also feel the same way of I pay way more attention to All-Star Week for baseball than I do any other sport. Because it's just there's a lot more players. And also, just like you guys said, the top-of-the-line players actually play. And you can't not play hard,
0: really. You know. Yeah, you have to. I, I'm more uh interested in the nba personally yeah. but I, I understand that i think
2: because i think a lot of people like the nba because it's almost like a reality television show yeah uh, that's why i can't good stand, good stand it. about it I,
0: I live for the luca and Jokic clips every year in the all-star weekend it's so funny they are just so they're hilarious ch- they're competing together about,
2: they're competing with each other to see who could care the least about being <laughs> there right now yeah
0: they're running a fast break and literally luca and Jokic were just passing each other back and forth it was hilarious i mean i i, I like that that kind of stuff yeah but yeah i agree seth sometimes it does feel like a a reality you know show they nba knows how to i love
2: reality television shows
0: yeah the nba knows how to love keep them. their name and their teams and the players in circulation with like built-up drama mm-hmm. on the court stuff that happens stuff like that yep but um yeah excited for the second half of the season uh matt the mavs startup up uh, the second half uh, against the suns Big game. I might be going to that game. Oh, so, uh, nice. yeah, that'd be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun seeing how you know, the Mavericks will do this this second half of the season. But we'll save that for another episode. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to stick on the basketball talk, but we're going to talk about T.C. women's basketball uh, right here on Riffram Review.
1: Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. college of communication here at tcu offers the ever-growing and always in demand major of sports broadcasting many ask what exactly is taught in the sports broadcasting major this popular field of study caters to us students that want to learn the skills to produce live and remote sporting events for both radio and television we acquire the skills to put together sports programming at the professional level and we then use this new expertise to produce games you can watch on espn plus or listen to right here on ktcu In addition to the hands-on experience, we also develop analytical skills to discuss and understand the social and cultural roles that sports play in countries around the globe. If you would like more information on a rewarding degree in sports broadcasting here at TCU, please visit ftdm.tcu.edu. Welcome back to Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice, your choice for college radio. My name's Ian Dapitian, and tonight I'm joined alongside Zion Trammell and Seth Dowdle as we move into our talk about TCU women's basketball. We just finished up talking about the NBA All-Star festivities, and so we're kind of segueing this back into some TCU sports, reeling it back into the court um, to just talk about Horn Frogs women's basketball. Uh, TCU got a massive win, 79-72. to over the Cincinnati Bearcats, uh, they had a five-game skid leading up to that contest this this weekend on Saturday, uh, and and TCU got the win. They are now 16 and nine overall this season, three and nine in the Big 12. Obviously, those nine losses in the Big 12 really came out of the blue when when uh, um, gosh when Sedona Prince went down, Jaden Owens went down, and obviously Madison Connor was also gone uh, dealing with. Um, injuries herself but TCU got a big win again, 79 to 72 over the Cincinnati Bearcats Madison Connor was back she scored 31 points had five rebounds uh, only one assist but she was also helped along by Sydney Harris who put up 27 points and had six rebounds off the glass it's kind of a it was basically a two-man show this weekend with with Madison Connor and Sydney Harris combining for for 58 of the of, of the 79 points but no matter what no matter how you get it done, TCU got the win. They're back in the winning column for for the first time in a little too long, but that's just kind of been the nature of the season.
0: Yeah, it's been a tough, tough going for this Horn Frog team. But Sydney Harris has been a bright spot. She's really come on as a as a sharpshooter. Really, I think uh, one of the nation's leaders in in, in three point percentage. Um, having her and Connor there uh, in that. In, being able to shoot the basketball is really good and you know I know Madison only had one assist but you know we kind of need her to to, to just shoot, shoot. <laughs> yep. like I don't care how many shots you take it's just keep chucking them because score. yes because that's kind of what this TCU team's been lacking um, is you know a consistent score we've seen some good games from Agnes Emanopu you know like I said Harris has been good Aliyah Roberson but you know to have that have that stardom star power back in the lineup was huge and it led to a win um and what a big thing that's tcu's run into a big problem is their third quarters they have been very good in the first quarter they've stayed within games you know they're they're staying in it and even going into halftime they keep it close but it's the third quarter where they really start to fall behind, and that's kind of where they've lost several games. Is that third quarter yep. happened against West Virginia and Texas? Uh, this game they outscored Cincinnati twenty-two to sixteen, and that was kind of the reason that they won this game. Um, so if they can do that, when you have Connor now, if you can kind of open up the second half, staying within it, I think they can they can make some noise here.
2: If yeah, nit sleeper pick perhaps mm-hmm. if Sedona Prince comes back that's yeah. what i'm saying because yeah. i think that the tournament unless they win the big 12 tourney is out of the picture but yeah. uh if they can win the games that are in front of them if you know if Sedona Prince can come back i think that they become it becomes significantly more likely that they do that than National Invitation Tournament here we come.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and I, can't, I I mean the the talk around Sedona coming back from that broken finger. She had a minor surgery on it after after breaking it against Baylor, but she's been scheduled for a return around late February. So we're kind of getting to that point where we we very well could see her over the next couple games slowly coming back into the lineup, seeing her back on the court and if if again, I I think one thing with I feel like this is the this is the case with every single TCU sports team here on campus is a lot of our teams are streaky and it just takes a little bit of momentum to get that ball rolling and then the sky's the limit for for some of these teams. Especially this women's team who they, they've got a lot of fight, they've got a lot of grit. Um, they're a team that will not quit even when they when when they have a depleted roster as they've had for, for the last several weeks. Um, so no, Seth, I, I think to your point there's there's a total Chance and big opportunity that if Sedona Prince comes back and she can, if if she can make her presence felt on the court, um, even in terms of just just upping the culture again and just kind of re, reigniting a fire under under
0: everyone's stomachs, you know, um, TCU definitely can make a run. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, when you look at Sedona Prince and Madison Connor, they were arguably the you know one of the best one-two punches in college in college hoops. I mean, they were the offense and defense and and just about everything for this dcu team uh the way they can run the pick and roll they are just such special players so hopefully sedona can recover soon and she can get back on the court because i just i would love to see this team at close to full strength as they can get because we saw how special that beginning of the season was for them obviously you're not going to get Jaden Owens or Deja Turner back but yeah if you can get Connor and Prince and you know you will have to shift back to the uh the five out offense or not not the you're gonna go to the back to the pick and roll yep. offense that that could that could be an interesting thing to play out and of course like I said Sidney Harris has been great and so that's kind of a third scoring option that you have now that yeah. kind of fills in for Owens
1: yeah and and kind of just going off of that right it's it's all about what what can you do and, and and what how can you kind of change the attitude of this team I mean the the attitude and of of this team is already they they've they've got a great culture Mark Campbell's done a fantastic job but it's kind of like all right we're getting these folks back let's make this count you know it's mm-hmm. kind of obvious I I don't think TCU women's basketball has even has ever even thought about playing the victim card this season because because of mark campbell and what he brings to this program he's not going to let that happen but it's also kind of like all right now look yeah we have been depleted The, the team has struggled over the last several weeks to to a month month and a half but look we're getting these folks back we need to make this count while it lasts because frankly sedona prince is not coming back anymore this is her last season in college basketball now she might she you know hopefully she'll go on to bigger and better things in the wnba and and after after college but still you kind of want to see what this TCU team can generate in these last four games before before the Big 12 championship and hopefully through the Big 12 championship.
0: Yeah, I think this team could go 3 and 1. Yeah. Honestly, I really do. If you look at the schedule, they go at BYU. They're 5 and 9 in conference play, 15 and 12 overall. Then you play Houston. Houston's only 4 and 10. They've they only have one more conference win than TCU. Then they play Texas Tech who's, you know, one of the They're they're also five and nine. I was got them confused with West Virginia, who's the last team they play. They're eleven and three, so they could go. I I think they could go three and one. And guys, if they go far in the like, if they win the Big Twelve tournament, like, is that enough for them to get into the tournament, or is that yeah? It's an auto bid. It is okay. I didn't know if that okay. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what if they finish second? Would that be probably not. And I'm not saying that they are, but I'm just curious, like, what would be? It'd be like another Florida State, <laughs> yeah, like Florida State
1: CFP type.
0: Yeah, type like thing. what what does that entail if if they make a deep run? So look, so they would probably have to win. I know you're like the bracketology, yeah, expert. They'd probably
2: have to win the whole thing. Yeah, we've seen situations like this before. Texas A&M, uh, SMU last year was similar to this Texas A&M a couple of years ago in men's basketball. At least had a. Was, like, close to the bubble and then made a pretty big run in the tournament, in the SEC tournament, and made it the final and lost, and then did not make the actual tournament because they it was just too little too late, and mm. that's what I think it would be here, too little too late.
0: Yeah, so, but like you said, NIT is obviously a, a possibility, so... um yeah, I'm curious to see how this rest of the season plays out. Yeah, um, and also in in other news, in, in terms of
1: still kind of keeping it within TCU, uh, sorry, in, keeping it within women's basketball, not TCU women's basketball, but women's basketball as a whole. Caitlin Clark broke the all time uh, record for NCAA women's basketball sc- uh, uh, scoring. Um, I, I the, the record's slipping in my mind, but I I didn't watch the game. This Kelsey game, but,
2: Plum, I oh believe, yes, had the record.
1: Okay. Um, but yeah, she broke this record. Obviously, it's kind of been a big thing this season. She's inching closer and closer and closer, and she's finally broken it. Uh, Zion, I, I know this is something that you wanted to touch on a little bit. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, Caitlin Clark's just been just she's, she's been a huge trailblazer for the game um, in in recent years. So.
0: Yeah. It's uh, really cool to see her break that record. Um, The call by the announcer was terrific. It's like, how will she go for history? And she, of course, in Caitlin Clark fashion, she drills like a logo three. Um, Look, she's the face of college basketball men's or women's uh, right now. Um, She is a national in the national spotlight uh, what she's done for women's basketball has been tremendous and i just don't think there's a single player in men's basketball right now that for for college that can bring the amount of attention and people to a game like caitlin clark can i mean they sold out they had a, had a football stadium in attendance yeah. for one of their earlier games in the season and she's got this iowa team rolling um I think they lost that game to Nebraska, where she set the record, though.
2: No, they, they didn't lose Nebraska? the game to Nebraska. No, it was Michigan. But then Michigan. they, but yeah. then they beat uh, the team the next game.
0: So, yeah, so I, I'm sorry. I kept thinking she said against – she came up eight points short against Nebraska, and then she set it against Michigan. Yeah. Where Which she had squ- 49 points. Yeah. yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that that'll that'll do the job. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really curious if you know she, she comes back next season because um, I think Ian, you mentioned she has one more year left, or was it Seth? I, I think one of you, Seth. You mentioned she has one more year left. If
2: she wants it, she can take it. But I think she she'll... can also declare for the WNBA draft. But she honestly, if if she's in it for for cash money, she'll make more at Iowa than she will in the WNBA. Yeah,
0: yeah she will, and she'll probably. I mean, yeah, she'll probably make more money in the WNBA or uh, sorry at, at Iowa. Um, but I'm sure the WNBA wants her. Oh <laughs> like, yeah! Like, come on, let's let's make this happen, because uh, then her and Sabrina Ionescu would just—I mm-hmm. mean—they take over the WNBA. Yeah. But um, yeah, just a tremendous accomplishment for Caitlin Clark. Just wanted to mention that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, um c- just, just th- this is just a little sidetrack, but
1: kind of what you are saying—that Caitlin Clark is the face of college basketball as a whole, men's or women's. I I don't know why I had this thought, but it was a couple of days ago where I was thinking about just college basketball. And I felt like I could point to bigger, like, I don't want to say superstars, but bigger stars in the women's game than the men's game as a whole. And that that just kind of just reminded me of that. But I was thinking about Caitlin Clark. I was thinking about Angel Reese a little bit. Um, I I don't follow women's basketball as a whole, so that's why I can't name a bunch. But the whole thing is like, I feel like... I. It for me is strange to even know this many or hear as many big names from women's basketball, but it tells you how big some of these players are in the sport of just basketball as a whole, men's or women's. So I, I think that's yeah. kind of an interesting note that that you
2: had.
0: Yeah, Paige Becker's with yes, UConn. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um yep. you know
2: She announced actually that she's coming back for next year, even though she, she's draft eligible.
0: Yeah, so. she's coming back. And I mean, even some with you know, with TCU, you know, Sedona Prince is a pretty mm-hmm. Big name because you know, I mean, she's a great player, and then uh, you know Haley Cavender and stuff. So yeah. yeah, there there is like a lot of big names in, in women's yeah. college basketball. Um, it's 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 pretty cool to see. Yeah. So
1: so um, great stuff. Obviously with Caitlin Clark in Iowa, and and just kind of gearing this segment back to TCU a little bit. Um, TCU's got four more games in the regular season, and as, as Zion said, um, it's going to be tough, but. You know it's it's going to be inter- interesting to see what this team can do um, if they're able to get back some of their key pieces such as Sedona Prince so um, this Wednesday they travel to Provo Utah to take on the BYU Cougars that's this Wednesday February 21st then on Saturday they come home to play the Houston Cougars on the 24th at home next Wednesday against the Texas Tech uh, Red Raiders that's for senior night so I'm sure that'll be a nice little crowd over at Shul- uh, at the Shoalmire Arena and then they go on the road to finish off the Big 12 season on March 2nd at West Virginia, up in Morgantown. So um, it's been a long season for women's basketball. Obviously, there's still just a, just just a week and a half, two two and a half weeks left, but um, kind of just taking a look back at the season, man. I mean, there was so much hype, so much ex- so many expectations around this team, and early on, it completely delivered. I mean, seriously, it's it's. Um, it's it's kind of unfortunate that the season's coming to or it's unfortunate that the regular season's coming to an end, but obviously there's there's a lot more um, going on after that. But um, I just remember back in the fall semester getting ready for this women's basketball season. I mean, it was all over the place here in TCU. I mean, the, the talk about the team, about Mark Campbell bringing in the folks that he brought in, and, and seeing how this team could turn it around after years of just just n- not nearly as good enough play as it should have been um and and again it took an unfortunate turn but man I mean this is the, it, it has still been a very special season for TCU
0: yeah excited for years to come here with Mark Campbell at the helm he's, he's ad- adopted a, a really good culture here exactly so again TCU women's basketball will be back in action
1: this Wednesday up in Provo Utah to face the BYU Cougars. That's Wednesday, February 21st at 8 p.m. All right, folks, we are heading into our last segment of the show. We've got some NHL. So if you're tuning in, this is a very special episode because we don't talk about the NHL very much. (laughs) But it should be a fun segment, so stick right here. You're listening to Rear Frame Review on 88.7 The Choice
2: why is connor
1: having trouble focusing in school having trouble finding connor's middle school would you like directions no why is connor having trouble focusing in school finding lowest airfare to istanbul no i'm I'm tired of fighting with him over homework Home walk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good.
0: Finding best potatoes for french fries. No! Russet, fingerling, Yukon gold. Uh, why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org.
2: For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For taking me out to the park. For reading me books. For taking me me to the the doctor when I broke my foot in ballet rehearsal. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And And now,
1: now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For having the chance to take you to the park. For reading you those books we enjoy so much. For being able to take you to your therapies after you twisted your ankle. For understanding that sometimes... You simply want to be alone.
0: Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. Visit aarp.org caregiving to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Remember, visit aarp.org caregiving. AARP. We help you help. A
1: public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to a Riff Ram Review right here on 88.7 The Choice. Seth here, along with Ian and Zion on the other side of the glass. We don't talk about the National Hockey League very often, but today we will be doing so. And we will be doing so in only a way I can convey it, and that is by quizzing my friends over on the other side. But it will not be about current hockey affairs, because uh, while the regular season is important and while it is entertaining... Uh, We will all admit here that the two people uh, that I'm looking at right now do not know jack squat about what is going on in the National Hockey League (laughs) right now.
0: I would like to make an apology because I promised to not just you guys but to our listeners that I would be watching hockey this season. I said I'm gonna do it, yeah. and I did at first. I was texting Seth, you know, like yeah, like you know, we won this game, we scored, you know. And I remember the first goal of the season. I thought we scored, and then we got, got oh, caught the offside. Back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's right. I, I was watching like the first few weeks, and then NBA just kind of, you know, yeah. it, that's the problem is it, is it overlaps. And
2: it's okay. I I will say this though: once the playoffs come around, I expect that you'll be tuned in.
0: I will. I I promise that. I absolutely promise I will watch playoff hockey. So
2: here, before we get into the game, I will say this
0: right now. (laughs) It's like, guys, I have a second (laughs) apology. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh,
2: Top four teams in each conference, the Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, New York Rangers, and Carolina Hurricanes, the top four teams in the East right now and in the West, the Vancouver Canucks, the Dallas Stars, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Winnipeg Jets, the top four teams in the Western Conference. Uh, your Dallas Stars, only four points out of first place in the West. Let's go. Uh, They lost today. Actually, four points out of being the best team in the league Mm -hmm. as well. So how about that for uh, the good old Dallas Stars? But that is not the game. The game today is going to be asking y'all just to use your imagination. That's all it is. I'm going to give you all a scenario in the that's happened in NHL history or recently, and you all got to tell me what you think happened.
0: Mm. All right? So
2: if I say okay. X player was suspended for five games, oh, what I'm going to ask you what did he do? What did he, <laughs> he do? Oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and all so right. you all got to tell me what he did. Oh, and with gosh. that, we're going to start with that exact question. What did that guy do? Maple Leafs defenseman Morgan Riley was suspended for five games by the NHL Department of Player Safety a couple of days ago. what did he do? Ian and Zion, you can think about it for a little bit and then you will each give me your answer. And whoever is closest will get.
0: Okay, a so, point. so yeah, okay, oh gosh. So he's suspended for five games.
2: Okay. What did he do?
0: What
1: did he do? What did he do? I think this would be awesome if you did what I'm thinking
0: like I, I feel like you could oh, I love this the Kahoot music Um, I, I don't know like what would qualify as like a suspension worthy act cuz like I know if you just like fight On the ice like that's you know that happens
1: Okay, I have two scenarios but I will say one, and then afterwards, I'll say the one that I wish it was. Ian, you can
2: go first. Okay. What do you think he did? Okay.
1: I think he probably was getting in the ref's face and probably touched the official, and that was probably maybe a suspension-worthy, um, you know, suspension-worthy activity. He could activity. be suspended for that,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: I think he he pulled a Travis Kelsey and shoved his coach, Oh, and he got suspended mm. by the team mm. for five games.
2: Interesting. 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 Well... I'm gonna give it to Ian. Yes, because (laughs) it was an on-ice
0: incident. Incident.
2: Here is what happened, boys. Riley was playing. The Riley in the in the Maple Leafs were playing the Ottawa Senators a couple of weeks ago. And the Senators were up 4-3 to three late in the game, and so the Maple Leafs...
0: <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone answered on yeah. answered. The,
2: the Maple Leafs um, emptied their net to put an extra person on the ice, mm-hmm. as, as one does. And with five seconds left, an Ottawa offensive player, I do not remember his name, it does not matter for this certain scenario, got a breakaway and scored an empty netter, but he kind of embellished it a little bit, did a nice little, awesome little slap shot into an empty net. Uh, Morgan Riley took offense to this and immediately started punching him in the face with a stick yes. and uh, just no completely way. assaulted him I on, remember this. On, on the ice. And he was suspended for five games. Wow.
1: wow. I actually crazy. do remember seeing this because it was four to three with three seconds left when he hit it in, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So
2: it was a totally. like He did embellish it a little bit and it was some showmanship on part of the person who scored, but not in the right of Morgan Riley to just go and just completely he, obliterate him.
0: Yeah. So to me, it sounds like. You know, and and I'm just gonna try and compare to a sport I know, like in basketball. If you, you know, steal the ball with like 20 seconds left, it's like a 10 point game, and you score. Like, what? what? He
2: essentially just did like a a showmanship dunk. Yeah. uh, With like 10, like five seconds left, sort of.
0: Not, not good to retaliate in that way. I, I probably would have just maybe like said, hey, what, you know. What
2: the hell, man? Yeah,
0: what are we doing here? Yeah, what are we doing? But, uh, yeah.
2: So, Ian, you get the point because it was an on-ice incident and someone was hit. Yeah. Well, Zion, you were also correct. Someone was hit, but it was not his coach. Are you ready for the next (laughs) scenario?
1: Get it right, man. Yeah.
2: This was a couple of days ago. All righty. The NHL Stadium Series was this weekend. The New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils, as well as the New York Islanders, played at MetLife Stadium this weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. The hockey was good. Well done, NHL. Very good game. The Rangers won in overtime uh, the other day. But there was something odd about the environment that was set up by the NHL at this game.
0: What was it? For the Islanders game? For just all all weekend. Uh, There was something
2: that was odd about the environment. What was it?
0: Hmm. They're playing
1: at MetLife, which is an outdoor stadium, but they covered it.
2: Were I'm gonna roo- say they the
1: co- roof, <laughs> no, not with the roof, but they covered the 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 uh, rink, okay, the ice rink. okay.
0: My guess is that the fans weren't up on the glass. They were like super far away from oh. where they could watch
2: that is true. That did happen, but that's not what the answer to this is, okay. The answer to this one is this. the theme Wait, who
1: gets the point here? Or is it neither?
2: <laughs> neither, neither y'all get this. Neither y'all get this one because, admittedly, this one's a little bit difficult to get because it is so outlandish. Behind one of the goals, so y'all are correct. It's in like the center of the field, so therefore you can't have fans super duper close. Yeah. In between where that space would be and then the stands, they had they did extend the stands a little bit into onto the field. There was a fake park. Like you know, like a park that you would find on a on on a a city, and then the NHL hired fake people to just wander around this park, either on bicycles, walking a dog, having strollers, and they just walk. They were just paid actors that just walked in on the in the park.
1: Yes, I just saw a video of this yesterday, and I was like, "What the heck is going on in this NHL game?" What? so they hired those people. I believe so. I mean, oh yeah, cuz I don't
0: see how you could get in with like a dog and just like walk like like, "Hey, sweetie, you want to go not watch a hockey game. You want to go to the park at the hockey game?" Like, what? That is weird. That that's that's bizarre. You know what's funny though is uh during the TC baseball game, they had like the Rangers game on and I didn't see it, but like that, that's that's funny.
2: What are the oddest things? Are you all ready for the next scenario? I got yes. that
0: up on Twitter. All right.
2: Are we having a good time right now? I am. Yeah, this is, good this is good, I'm winning yeah.
0: as of right now. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I'm about to have the biggest fall off. You're, you might. You probably are going to win. I don't see how I can. Here
2: get... we go. During the 1974 NHL oh, draft, oh. the Buffalo Sabers' 11th round pick was ruled
0: void. Why? Void. Yes. Oh, no, that's too early. 1974, huh? Buffalo? Yes. Your pick was voided, huh? Wow. Guess 11's not a lucky number. Um, Sorry,
2: invalid would be a better word here.
0: Yeah, it was invalid. Because they didn't submit the pick in time. I don't know. I'm going to (laughs) say this guy's the original Kyler
1: Murray, and he chose to play a different sport.
2: He chose to play a different sport. Well, I'm going to give it to Ian. Mm. Because this involves a player. So for some reason... That means I'm not close. You're not (laughs) close. You are not very close.
0: It involves a player. So
2: so back then, as were most drafts, they were conducted via telephone. uh, And the Buffalo Sabres owner was fed up because it was taking too long. Mm -hmm. And so for his 11th round pick, he submitted... Uh, they, the, the Sabres announced that they'd be drafting Taro Sugimoto, a Japanese prodigy from a Japanese hockey team. And the NHL, not knowing any better, submitted the pick. A couple of months go by, and everyone finds out that this person does not exist.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. They, so he what? did play a difference for it. No. <laughs> what?
2: They You're submitted kidding. a pick for someone who did not exist. You're kidding.
1: Wow. Someone had to have lost their job over that.
0: <laughs> That's insane.
2: Just a nice little prank. Oh my gosh.
0: That's like uh, the Key and Peele like skits of you know those made up player names. Um, yeah. Hangle McCringleberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, this guy didn't exist.
2: No, didn't exist. Wow. He's a fake dude. They even came up with a name for him.
0: That's insane. Dang.
2: Oh my Isn't that gosh. That crazy. I think that's really. Messed uh, could you up.
0: imagine if that happened, like in today's like world? You know, where they announced a player and they're like, "Well, so we don't have any film on this guy. Yeah. It's kind of out of the blue here." He just
1: sounded so good.
0: Uh, like they're like trying to analyze the pick and like, so we're not even sure if this guy exists. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's yep. hilarious. It is very funny. Wow, hockey's got some great lore. Yes, wow. it does. Are you all ready
2: for the final one? Zion, yes. you cannot win, yes. but uh, yes. uh, you can, I don't know. Just I, I will, I will try.
0: Cannot.
1: try. How about this is for 1,000 points? This is for 1,000 po- points. This is for 1,000 <laughs> points. <laughs> <For a thousand laughs>
2: points. All right. Let's do it. I agree. I agree. All right. Hockey pucks nowadays are made out of rubber that is vulcanized. All righty. Back in the day, what were, ho- like, in the original, you know, time we're playing hockey. Hockey is first being invented wherever it was and some somewhere out on a nice... Ice Lake, somewhere in Finland, perhaps. I don't know. Russia. Russia. What were hockey pucks made out of?
1: Um, they're made out of rubber? Oh, okay, I'd say leather. Skin, leather. I mean, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like plastic, but, you know, I'd say like leather, like cowhide or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know how that work on ice. Still, <laughs> so, hence why they changed it to rubber.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess leather. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe they. Like yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's that's an interesting one. You can say plastic. <laughs> I will say.
2: Remember, this is a long, long time v-
0: ago. Vibranium. <laughs> vibranium. <laughs> I win. No. Yes. Uh, yes, you would. You would Ian, you if if he's a vibranium. Um, no. uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just,
1: I don't know. A long, long time ago.
0: Like a metal puck. I know. I'll say like a metal. metal. Yeah, I'll say to say metal. Metal. I'll stick with leather. I don't know. The Ian it gets at... the
2: point once again.
0: So it is leather. because I'm he close.
2: Picked the same animal that it came out came from. It was cow manure.
0: Oh, <laughs> why was I? I Whoa! <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I'm, I'm not gonna say that I was gonna say cow manure. But I was literally like, what if it was just like animal poop, like <laughs> LeCap James? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you never thought that. <laughs>
0: I knew yeah. he was going to score eighty yeah, points. Yeah,
2: uh, th- that's what they usually. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite quote. That's what, that's what legend says. You know about the original Smart hockey man. pucks. How about that? Wow.
1: Well, okay. So how many did they go through a game? I mean, did they freeze it? How did they keep it shape? Well, <laughs> again,
2: this was a very long time ago. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs>
1: hmm. Wow, interesting. you learn something every day. Like, you they do. crumble it up in a little. You know. I know.
0: Old shape and then... Yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: and apparently they went through, you know, some evolutions before becoming rubber. And wh- they beca- they were wood uh, for a lot, stones, I, tires, I old, no. like, little wow.
1: tiny tires. could you imagine giants playing with humans in, like, regular-sized tires? Those are, like, hockey pucks to them. <laughs>
0: I'm still thinking about the cow manure, like, you know, a little slap shot. Boom! Oh, it just hit you in the <laughs> face. I don't know. With some cow manure. So It can literally be a ball of, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about that? Well,
2: that's
1: the game, Ian.
2: You win the game.
1: Thank you. Three yes. zip. No, actually, it was, it's uh, a, a, a thousand,
0: thousand and two, two to to nothing. Zero. To nothing. Thank you. Um, You're sure it wasn't vibranium?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was not vibranium, <sighs> indeed. But uh, congratulations, Ian. You win the Thank game. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, hockey has some interesting lore, especially yes. the last like two weeks with uh, the fake people in the park. Was that was is probably the funniest that, thing I that saw. That is yeah.
0: very interesting. Uh, quickly, Seth, who are your picks? to play in the Stanley Cup Final?
2: Oh, tough question. I'm going to be a home run, I'm going to say the Stars. Let's make it happen, man. Uh, and I think, um, I mean, in the East, it's e- it'd be easy to say Boston, but I'm going to go with the Rangers. We've been playing well recently. The,
0: that's I had, I had heard that through a, a friend of ours, that, that they've been playing pretty well. The, Anthony Rizzo burner. Yes. 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 Uh, he. Funny enough, that's the second episode in a row that we've mentioned. Uh, this innocuous here. person, yes. Yeah. yes. Um, but, yeah, the Rangers versus the Stars. That would be would be pretty sweet. Um, I'm just looking at the standings now. Okay. We'll yeah. see. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to hockey at some point, maybe during the playoffs. We or will. At, at some point, we'll, we'll come back to the NHL. But that was a fun episode, guys. It that was. Was, that was. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we talked about some TCU baseball, men's basketball, NBA, women's basketball, NHL. We were all over. We, yeah. we reached a lot of different sports. We so. got our hands dirty. Yes, we did. And Just Cat like manure, those hockey players old, hockey, yeah. long time ago. <laughs> yes. uh, But that will wrap things up for our, uh, our episode here. Uh, thank you all for listening live on, on KTC. if you did. Uh, you can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Riff Ram Review. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, Subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on TikTok, all at RiffRamReview. For Ian Napetian and Seth Dowdle, I'm Zion Trammell. Have a good night. We'll see you next time.